Chapters nineteen and twenty of Sebastopol by Leo Tolstoy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters nineteen and twenty of Part three Sebastopol in August eighteen fifty five. The table had been moved out from the wall and spread with a soiled tablecloth in the same room in which Volodya had presented himself to the colonel on the preceding evening the battery commander now offered him his hand and questioned him about petersburg and his journey well gentlemen i beg the favour of a glass with any of you who drink vodka the ensigns do not drink he added with a smile on the whole the battery commander did not appear nearly so stern to-day as he had on the preceding evening on the contrary he had the appearance of a kindly hospitable host and an elder comrade among the officers but in spite of this all the officers from the old captain down to ensign diodenko by their very manner of speaking and looking the commander straight in the eye as they approached one after the other to drink their vodka exhibited great respect for him the dinner consisted of a large wooden bowl of cabbage soup in which floated fat chunks of beef and a huge quantity of pepper and laurel leaves mustard and polish meatballs in a cabbage leaf turnover patties of chopped meat and dough and with butter which was not perfectly fresh there were no napkins the spoons were of pewter and wood there were only two glasses and on the table stood a decanter of water with a broken neck but the dinner was not dull conversation never halted at first their talk turned on the battle of inkerman in which the battery had taken part as to the causes of failure of which each one gave his own impressions and ideas and held his tongue as soon as the battery commander himself began to speak then the conversation naturally changed to the insufficiency of calibre of the light guns and upon the now lightened cannons in which connection volodya had an opportunity to display his knowledge of artillery but their talk did not dwell upon the present terrible position of sevastopol as though each of them had meditated too much on that subject to allude to it again in the same way to volodya's great amazement and disappointment not a word was said about the duties of the service which he was to fulfil just as though he had come to sevastopol merely for the purpose of telling about the new cannon and dining with the commander of the battery while they were at dinner a bomb fell not far from the house in which they were seated the walls and the floor trembled as though in an earthquake and the window was obscured with the smoke of the powder you did not see anything of this sort in petersburg i fancy but these surprises often take place here said the battery commander look out flang and see where it burst flang looked and reported that it had burst on the square and then there was nothing more said about the bomb just before the end of the dinner an old man the clerk of the battery entered the room with three sealed envelopes and handed them to the commander this is very important a messenger has this moment brought these from the chief of the artillery all the officers gazed with impatient curiosity at the commander's practised fingers as they broke the seal of the envelope and drew forth the very important paper what can it be each one asked himself it might be that they were to march out of sevastopol for a rest it might be an order for the whole battery to betake themselves to the bastions again said the commander flinging the paper angrily on the table what's it about apollon sogeyitch inquired the eldest officer 
an officer and crew are required for a mortar battery over yonder and i have only four officers and there is not a full gun crew in the line growled the commander and here more are demanded of me but some one must go gentlemen he said after a brief pause the order requires him to be at the barrier at seven o'clock send the sergeant who is to go gentlemen decide he repeated well here's one who has never been yet said chernovitsky pointing to volodya the commander of the battery made no reply yes i would like to go said volodya as he felt the cold sweat start out on his back and neck no why should you there's no occasion broke in the captain of course no one will refuse but neither is it proper to ask any one but if apollon sergeyitch will permit us we will draw lots as we did once before all agreed to this kraut cut some paper into bits folded them up and dropped them into a cap the captain jested and even plucked up the audacity on this occasion to ask the colonel for wine to keep up their courage he said diadenko sat in gloomy silence volodya smiled at something or other chernovitsky declared that it would infallibly fall to him kraut was perfectly composed volodya was allowed to draw first he took one slip which was rather long but it immediately occurred to him to change it he took another which was smaller and thinner unfolded it and read on it i go it has fallen to me he said with a sigh well god be with you you will get your baptism of fire at once said the commander of the battery gazing at the perturbed countenance of the ensign with a kindly smile but you must get there as speedily as possible and to make it more cheerful for you vlang will go with you as gun sergeant twenty vlang was exceedingly well pleased with the duty assigned to him and ran hastily to make his preparations and when he was dressed he went to the assistance of volodya and tried to persuade the latter to take his cot and fur coat with him and some old annals of the country and a spirit-lamp coffee-pot and other useless things the captain advised volodya to read up his manual first about mortar-firing and immediately to copy the tables out of it volodya set about this at once and to his amazement and delight he perceived that though he was still somewhat troubled with a sensation of fear of danger and still more lest he should turn out a coward yet it was far from being to that degree to which it had affected him on the previous evening the reason for this lay partly in the daylight and in active occupation and partly principally also in the fact that fear and all-powerful emotion cannot long continue with the same intensity in a word he had already succeeded in recovering from his terror at seven o'clock just as the sun had begun to hide itself behind the nikolaevsky barracks the sergeant came to him and announced that the men were ready and waiting for him i have given the list to vlanga you will please to ask for it your honour said he twenty artillerymen with side-arms but without loading tools were standing at the corner of the house volodya and the yunker stepped up to them shall i make them a little speech or shall i simply say good-day children or shall i say nothing at all thought he and why should i not say good-day children why i ought to say that much and he shouted boldly in his ringing voice good-day children the soldiers responded cheerfully the fresh young voice sounded pleasant in the ears of all 
volodya marched vigorously at their head in front of the soldiers and although his heart beat as if he had run several bursts at the top of his speed his step was light and his countenance cheerful on arriving at the malakoff mound and climbing the slope he perceived that lang who had not lagged a single pace behind him and who had appeared such a valiant fellow at home in the house kept constantly swerving to one side and ducking his head as though all the cannon-balls and bombs which whizzed by very frequently in that locality were flying straight at him some of the soldiers did the same and the faces of the majority of them betrayed if not fear at least anxiety this circumstance put the finishing touch to volodya's composure and encouraged him finally so here i am also on the malakoff mound which i imagine to be a thousand times more terrible and i can walk along without ducking my head before the bombs and am far less terrified than the rest so i am not a coward after all he thought with delight and even with a somewhat enthusiastic self-sufficiency but this feeling was soon shaken by a spectacle upon which he stumbled in the twilight on the kornilovsky battery in his search for the commander of the bastion four sailors standing near the breastworks were holding the bloody body of a man without shoes or coat by its arms and legs and staggering as they tried to fling it over the ramparts on the second day of the bombardment it had been found impossible in some localities to carry off the corpses from the bastions and so they were flung into the trench in order that they might not impede action in the batteries volodya stood petrified for a moment as he saw the corpse waver on the summit of the breastworks and then roll down into the ditch but luckily for him the commander of the bastion met him there communicated his orders and furnished him with a guide to the battery and to the bomb-proofs designated for his service we will not enumerate the remaining dangers and disenchantments which our hero underwent that evening how instead of the firing such as he had seen on the volkov field according to the rules of accuracy and precision which he had expected to find here he found two cracked mortars one of which had been crushed by a cannon-ball in the muzzle while the other stood upon the splinters of a ruined platform how he could not obtain any workmen until the following morning in order to repair the platform how not a single charge was of the weight prescribed in the manual how two soldiers of his command were wounded and how he was twenty times within a hair's breadth of death fortunately there had been assigned for his assistant a gun-captain of gigantic size a sailor who had served on the mortars since the beginning of the siege and who convinced him of the practicality of using them conducted him all over the bastion with a lantern during the night exactly as though it had been his own kitchen-garden and who promised to put everything in proper shape on the morrow the bomb-proof to which his guide conducted him was excavated in the rocky soil and consisted of a long hole two cubic fathoms in extent covered with oaken planks and arshin in thickness here he took up his post with all his soldiers lang was the first when he caught sight of the little door twenty-eight inches high of the bomb-proof to rush headlong into it in front of them all and after nearly cracking his skull on the stone floor he huddled down in a corner from which he did not again emerge 
and volodya when all the soldiers had placed themselves along the wall on the floor and some had lighted their pipes set up his bed in one corner lighted a candle and lay upon his cot smoking a cigarette shots were incessantly heard over the bomb-proof but they were not very loud with the exception of those from one cannon which stood close by and shook the bomb-proof with its thunder in the bomb-proof itself all was still the soldiers who were a little shy as yet of the new officer only exchanged a few words now and then as they requested each other to move out of the way or to furnish a light for a pipe a rat scratched somewhere among the stones or vlang who had not yet recovered himself and who still gazed wildly about him uttered a sudden vigorous sigh volodya as he lay on his bed in his quiet corner surrounded by the men and illuminated only by a single candle experienced that sensation of well-being which he had known as a child when in the course of a game of hide-and-seek he used to crawl into a cupboard or under his mother's skirts and listen not daring to draw his breath and afraid of the dark and yet conscious of enjoying himself he felt a little oppressed but cheerful end of chapters nineteen and twenty